0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Kyle Elliott about standing out in a job search, finding stability and connection, and supporting employees during times of uncertainty. Kyle Elliott, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations podcast.
1: Hi, there. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, uh, I appreciate you taking the time uh, amidst your busy schedule to have this conversation. And today we're going to be talking about this current COVID situation and all the surrounding anxieties and uncertainties that accompany that. And um, you know, particularly as people are more socially socially isolated, um, what we can do. Both individually, but also, you know, more within a work context to create more connection and and stability for people. Um, But also, given the current situation, you know, and you know, a new economics report came out yesterday. The the economy has contracted thirty three percent. You know, we we we've had you know record levels of unemployment. Um, You know, it's it's a tough time for people, and so there's there's really It's interesting because you know four or five months ago we had like record low unemployment rate and now we have record high unemployment rate and so just everything that goes along with that for people looking for jobs and employers trying to sift through people looking for jobs so I I think it'll be a really great discussion on all these topics.
1: Me too and I think this is just perfect timing because people are scrambling and trying to figure out what to do and gain some sense of control and hopefully people will leave today with some action items they can implement. That's thing I'm really big on. People think able to leave with something they can do right away rather than here's some theories. You then have to go spend hours researching to know what to do with whatever we talk about. I want people to leave with something they can do immediately or even while listening to this.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, as we get started, I want to share Kyle's bio with the listeners. Kyle Elliott is the career and life coach behind caffeinatedkyle.com. he's also a self-proclaimed starbucks addict uh, as a result of working with kyle clients have landed jobs at facebook linkedin amazon google microsoft and nearly every other fortune uh, 500 and 100 company you can think of they have also found happiness which is probably the most important thing. Kyle is an official member of the Invitation Only Forbes Coaches Council, a member of the Coach uh, of the Gay Coaches Alliance, and a certified health education specialist. Um, and I should also say, um, uh, Kyle has a master of public administration degree, uh, and I have the same degree. And so, who knows? Like, it's always fun to find fellow MPAs out there. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, so, so that's that's a cool connection point. And and really, uh, you know, I'm not a coffee drinker, but I can appreciate the need for caffeine. Um, I I uh, am my caffeine of choice is is Cherry Coke Zero, oh, okay. a cold caffeinated variety. <laughs> so it's a pleasure being with you. As we get started, um, any other background information you'd like to share with the listeners before we launch in?
1: Yeah, something that's really important is that what I share when it comes to the job search, when it comes to mental health, whatever it may be, comes not from theory or general ideas, but instead I've spoken with literally thousands of recruiters and hiring managers at the companies my clients are targeting. So when I share ideas around how to update your resume, leverage LinkedIn, network, interview, whatever it may be. It's not just these ideas that pop into my mind, but they're based on these thousands of conversations and then synthesizing them and saying, okay, based on what everyone is saying out there, who is doing the recruiting, who is doing the hiring, what then is, are the best practices? And that's really how I formulate the feedback I give to clients and the advice I share when doing these interviews. So I think that's really important just as we navigate this. people to know where the insights they share come from
0: yeah well thank you thank you for that uh, context that's great and i think anytime someone has that kind of a professional reach to talk with recruiters to really know you know the ground on the ground level um what's actually happening um that's that's incredible insight Uh, and and you know part of why you provide such great value to your clients as you try to help them prepare Um, So with unemployment, you know, being so high in this current COVID environment, the job market's more crowded than ever, it's saturated, you have all these um, very capable, skilled job seekers looking for for opportunities. What would you say would be a few tips for how job seekers can really stand out in the crowded labor market, um, and what can they do to set themselves apart?
1: Yeah, so as you were just sharing, six months ago, the economy was doing amazing. Unemployment was super low and now it's at a record high where I think a quarter if not more people are unemployed and looking for jobs. And that's scary for people. They're going out there and saying, oh my gosh, how do I find a job? And what they do is they just start applying everywhere. They just throw their resume at anything. And I would not advise that. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes as a job seeker you can make. And talking to recruiters and hiring managers, as we just mentioned, You wanna avoid that. What happens is these recruiters are looking for a list of qualifications for someone. They want someone who's A, B, C, D, E. And if you're applying to a ton of jobs, you can't showcase how you're a specialist at each of these jobs you look for. So instead, I advise applying to less jobs, narrowing your niche and showing how you're an expert in those one or two areas. Unless you're applying to a really high level role where you need to be a generalist at the C-suite or something, it just doesn't make sense to just try, And spray and pray, as we call it, where you're just spraying your resume everywhere and praying, but instead get really specific with the industry you want, with the function you want, with the type of company you want. So instead of saying, I just want to work in HR at any company (laughs) in California, say, no, I want to do employee relations. I want to do that at a Fortune 100 company. I want to do that at a company that works in tech. I want to do that in Silicon Valley. So you may be applying to less jobs, but your response rate's going to be way higher because they're looking for that purple squirrel and that's going to be you. The second thing is as you're sending out these applications, you want to avoid blending in. That's another mistake people make. They say, this is that great resume template I've seen online and that's what I should do. And here's how I should write my LinkedIn profile, that's what I should do. And while those can be great training wheels or they can be a great kind of starting instruction, I want you to go beyond that and say, what are some steps I can take to stand out from every other person out there to make me different? And then building upon that, what's really key, the third piece is being strategic and intentional with your networking. What happens is people just say, okay, I have this great resume, I have this great LinkedIn. They spend hours and hours on those because they're easy to control. And now what's a little scarier is networking, so people just avoid it. But instead, what I suggest is finding maybe five or so people at each company in the role you want. Let's say we set employee relations at these Fortune 100 tech companies. Find five employee relations managers at Google and reach out and say, hey, you do this. I do similar work. Do you have 20 minutes to share best practices? And then start planting those seeds at companies. And as roles pop up, say, hey, you have this opening here for a similar role. Do you have tips for my application? What's your internal referral process like? Can you introduce me to a hiring manager? So the key with all of this is just to be strategic, intentional, rather than just scrambling to find any job because you're going to have a lot more success. you have a plan.
0: Absolutely. I I completely agree with everything you just said. Um, The shotgun approach just doesn't work. Um, I mean, you you can try it, but, and I suppose you could get lucky, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's it's just, you know, it's, it's just usually not going to work. And so many companies uh, and recruiters, they're utilizing, um, you know, technology to help assist in the search. And so they're looking for keywords in your resume. They're looking, you know, so you need to, um, you know, you think about SEO for websites, you need to do the same thing with your resume. And so if you're not tailoring your application materials specifically to every posting to every organization and doing your research and knowing the types of things they're looking for and what their culture is like and how you would fit with them. And if you're not talking to all of that in your materials, you're not going to show up usually in the search, even if you have incredible qualifications, even if you have an incredible background. So the shotgun approach of just having one well-designed professional resume—that's important, you know, to have that. But if if you just have that one um, that one really great professional resume and then you send it out all over the place, you're you're most likely not going to hear much of anything. Um, but tailoring it to each opportunity, um, really taking the time to research, is going to be key. And I love your tip about reaching out to people at the company where you want to get a job. I mean, as you're doing your research about the company, yeah, go Google them, find out more information about them, that's great, but get connected on LinkedIn with people who work there, ask them questions, set up a Zoom call, you know, have a conversation. Um, And not only because it'll give you more good information and good insight, as to what they're looking for and how you can tailor your application materials, but now you have like actual connections with people, yep. real life people who can actually perhaps be your advocate you know in the search process at that organization, um, and you know, men- help mentor you and all, all those sorts of things. So you know it takes more time and energy, but like you said, the response rate to what you submit is going to be way higher. So I think in the long term it's actually going to take less time and less energy. Yep to take the more targeted approach, which I know seems counterintuitive to people, but it's true. And
1: I think it's kind of like going to a networking event. You just don't go to a networking event and then walk up to someone, hand your business card, and go to the next person. If you spend five minutes even just getting to know each person, you may not meet all 100 people at that networking event, but those conversations are gonna be way deeper. And now those networking events have just moved online. So instead of shotgunning your resume out to hundreds of people, have more in-depth conversations, get to know people. You may not get to know as many companies or people, but those people you get to know are going to be way deeper. So I think that's really the key is just to be intentional and strategic.
0: So great tips for people um, currently looking for job opportunities. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about uh, some of the the well-being types of issues, you know, as it relates to uncertainty and the anxieties that surround the job search in this COVID environment. You know, it's it's a trying time for people, um, and there's so much social isolation Um, as people are feeling isolated and alone? What can they do as individuals to find greater stability and connection? What can employers do to help their people find more stability and connection in this type of environment? How can we deal with uncertainty in more healthy ways?
1: Yeah. So I think the first thing is, I'm a career coach. I help people find jobs they love. And people assume that most of my clients are unemployed, and that's why they're stressed. But most of my clients are actually employed. 90, 95% of my clients have a job and just want something new. And even my clients who are employed during this global pandemic, during this financial crisis, they're stressed too. There's been a lot of change going on with the pandemic. The economy, with politics right now, with this modern day civil rights movement, there's just a lot of stress going on on instability. And I think what's most stressful, at least for the people I speak with, is this lack of routine, this lack of stability. Everything's all over. So what I've been doing with my clients is to figure out where can you find some routine in your life. If you can't have the same routine of going into your office, because a lot of my clients are in tech and working from home, perhaps it's setting up an office in your home. Maybe that's an extra room that you have if you don't have that a lot of my clients are in the bay area or new york where they don't have the luxury of (laughs) just having an extra room so maybe that is the kitchen table and then blocking it off and saying we're only going to enter this space from 9 a.m to 6 p.m and not going in there perhaps it's setting those clear office hours and then communicating them to the people in your home your children your partner communicating to your boss i realize that i'm working from home but work is entering my home so i don't want to be emailing back and forth outside of nine to six, taking email off your phone. I realize I'm guilty of this. So I've turned off all the notifications on my phone, except texts, because I get texts from my parents. And just creating those boundaries and communicating them, because there's this, I'm a huge proponent of blending work and life, but right now they're over blending. I think there's so much blending, but there's just no boundaries. So it was creating some boundaries there. And what I found helpful too, is just physically getting away from our homes. Cause a lot of people I've talked to again, they're working in their homes. So finding ways to get away, renting an Airbnb. We did that in Napa. We went down to San Diego for a bit and socially distanced the whole time we were there. So. I found it's key to just create those boundaries and then communicate them to the people around you. And then lastly, just checking in with people. If you have family, friends, colleagues, checking in and then communicating, here's what I need. That's one of my favorite questions to ask is what do you need right now? And then in return, most people, if they're good at communicating, will ask, okay, what do you need? And I found it's helpful to get to those roots and go beyond just the onion of that surface level, oh, I'm great, I'm great, but really ask what do you need and get to the deeper level and start unpacking that.
0: I love those tips um, and ideas. And I think if we can, as managers, as leaders in organizations, if we can just recognize uh, the challenges that people are facing right now, like you mentioned, you know, we, we have civil unrest around Black Lives Matters and the and the race relations and and systemic inequality in the country. We have, um, you know, Pride Month was in June, and so that's at the forefront of people's mind of you know LGBTQ plus equality issues and You know, there's been some Supreme Court um, decisions that you know have caused a lot of stress and anxiety for some people. We're in an election year where that's you know high high uh, tensions politically. We we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like everything it, you know, 2020 has been quite the year, right? So, so recognizing that and acknowledging that, and then saying as a manager, as a leader, I'm going to proactively keep the mental well-being, the mental health, um, the, and, and helping uh, my people with their anxiety, their stress, um, I'm going to make that a priority. I'm going to reach out and I'm going to make sure that they feel supported, that they feel, um, valued, that they feel, and And generate opportunities for them to get reconnected uh, with the workplace. I mean, that's that's gonna pay off tremendously in the long term. Um, unfortunately, right now, we we have heightened levels of anxiety and depression that have been reported. Um, I, I don't know the specific statistics off the top of my head, but you know the the use of like online counseling platforms has skyrocketed. Um, because of of um, the mental health challenges that people are facing during this this mm-hmm. tense time, right? And so so employers need need to make this a priority. And if they do, they're going to demonstrate to their employees that they really authentically, truly care about them, that they value them, uh, that they support them, and that will generate um, more trust. it'll it'll strengthen relationships. Uh, It'll help uh, employees to stay, of course, more mentally healthy, which will allow them to be more successful, more productive, uh, and it'll engender greater commitment to the organization. So, I mean, it's a win-win kind of a situation, uh, but employers and and managers need to be committed to it. Uh, Otherwise, it's going to be a huge missed opportunity.
1: Absolutely. And I... Like what you said about making mental health a priority and employers really need to recognize their role in supporting mental health and this key really change that they can have when it comes to mental health when employers create spaces where people feel comfortable talking about mental health. Because when employees receive this effective treatment, when employees are able to have conversations around mental health and get the support they need. There's lower medical costs, there's increased productivity, there's lower absenteeism, decreased disability costs. All of these are not just happier employees, but they directly are financial benefits to the company and create more profitable businesses. So even if it's not about just genuinely wanting to help employees, which I think should be enough, there's also financial benefits of prioritizing employee mental health. Something I'm really big on is asking employees, how do you really feel? I think that's a great way for our leaders and managers to start having conversations around mental health. There's often this initial question during one-on-ones where people say, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. And taking a step back and creating time and space to have truthful conversations around how employees are doing. I always like asking, no, how are you really feeling? Another question I um, recently heard just a day or two ago from this conference I attended was, how are you feeling right now? or how are you feeling in this moment? And just checking in with employees regularly. And if you're having these difficult conversations, you may have to extend the length of your staff meetings or one-on-ones and make that space and those structural changes so you have more time to check in with employees, especially now that so many people are remote. We're not doing what we were doing before. We didn't have those casual check-ins in the office. You weren't running into people at the water cooler all of that so creating space for people to just check in and collaborate you're gonna have happy hours virtually i went to a virtual happy hour super fun because i could be at home but have a happy hour and you don't have to worry about driving or anything or catching an uber so it was great so just creating those opportunities to connect and build community is super important and then also leaders what I'm recognizing a lot of great leaders doing is practicing empathy and recognizing that people are attempting to work from their homes for a lot of people during all these things happening and they're letting people into their homes which is super traumatic for a lot of people and scary to say let me welcome you into my home when all these crazy things are happening in our world and just to recognize people are trying to work through everything happening again a lot of my clients senior managers, executives. So they also have children who are attempting to homeschool. Like the number of things going on that we haven't even mentioned on top of all these big things we're already talking about, just practicing empathy is a super powerful tool as well for leaders. I think one takeaway for leaders is when in doubt, just practice some empathy.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's a good message. Um, Pretty much always um, treat people with dignity and respect, um, Mm -hmm. exercise compassion, try to foster empathy and and focus on people and relationships. You know, I mean, that's, it's, I mean, maybe people are tired of hearing that because they feel like, well, it's more complicated than that. "Eh, Is it, is it really more complicated than that? I'm not sure it is. Um, I think it being a leader is about um, creating a context where people feel safe to be their best selves. And so they can innovate and be productive. um, And, so you can get the most out of your people. The most successful leaders have the most successful people, the most successful teams. And how do you get the most successful teams? You, you gotta show empathy. You gotta treat people with dignity and respect. You gotta um, value them as an individual. You have to let them be their best authentic self. And if you can't, if, if, if your workplace is not like that, then you're gonna have problems, you just are. Um, and so, you know, it's not rocket science, but it does take intentionality and it does take a concerted effort particularly if that's not your you know your traditional pattern, your traditional style. Um, but you can learn it and and it can make a big big difference. And people right now need it. People really need it. Um, they need the support and and like we both said previously, I mean there's so many positive organizational outcomes. Um, so even if you're only doing it for self-interested reasons, <laughs> and you know, trying to make the business case for why is this going to help the bottom line, even if that's your only motivation, which I hope it's not, you know, it still is a no-brainer. Like you need to be focusing on these areas. Um, well, I, this has been a great discussion. You know, as we've talked both about how individuals can better position themselves for future career opportunities, but also what employers can do to help um, people. You know, their people in this time of uncertainty. Uh, As we wrap up our discussion today, I'd love um, for you to share any final thoughts that you might have, but also share with the listeners how they can get connected with you, how they can learn more about you, and reach out if they need help in any of these areas.
1: Yeah, we've covered a lot today, but I think that empathy piece is really key. And it is that simple. When things go complex, I think it's easy to want to find some revolutionary solution but then of the day that empathy can get you so far and I think it can be complex with all these things going on to remember empathy 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 and how can I show compassion and dignity respect for the people I'm working with who are going through so many different complex crises at the same time I would love to continue this conversation with anyone with anyone who is interested you can find me on LinkedIn I spent a lot of time there Kyle Elliott with two l's two t's my website as well, caffeinatedkyle.com.
0: Well, thank you, Kyle. It it really has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out to Kyle, get connected with him on LinkedIn, check out his website, find out more about what he's doing. He's uh, Kyle. You've all obviously had great success in your career coaching efforts, um, and you know I I think it's well worth the investment in yourself to reach out to Kyle, get his help, um, and land that next perfect job for you. And help organization, you know, some organization to be more successful. Uh, so, thanks everyone. It's been a real pleasure. I hope everyone stays healthy and safe, and I hope everyone can find meaning and purpose in their workplace. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations podcast.